This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. It's Quincy, and I'm here with the Guardians Fancast. It's Guardians Party Line, as I'm calling it. We've got our friends from Guardians Twitter here ready to talk Guardians baseball. we got Michael. Hey, how are you doing, Quincy? Good. We've got Alice. Salut, Allegard. Ah, yes. Okay, got it. <laughs> We've got Greg. What's up? We've got Andrew. Uh, hello. I just want to say I'm fully on the Danny Salazar Silver Slugger train. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I need more context to that. Um, and uh, <laughs> Allie. Hello, everybody. That's and, all I got. Yeah, that's fine. And we got Eli. Is your mic working, Eli? Maybe not. Eli's there, frozen. And uh, while Eli's frozen, Sarah, tell us a little about yourself. Sarah joining us for the first time. Hey guys. Yeah, I'm so excited to be doing this. Um, like many of you, I've been a Cleveland sports fan literally since day one. Uh, baseball especially, you know, my dad, he eats, sleeps and breathes baseball. And so literally from day one, I was going to games as a toddler. I literally grew up with Cleveland baseball. And uh, because of that, I even played softball all throughout um, elementary school and high school and everything. So me and Cleveland sports, like we go way way back and uh it's awesome to be able to be here and talk about the guardians with all of you guys too so i'm super super excited about it very nice uh eli you're back now i am back yeah my internet (laughs) was gone for a minute but hopefully (laughs) it will work now no problem all right yes we're grateful to have sarah with us and everybody's here all right well let's get to the important questions and thoughts that we all have we've got a uh basically a week of guardians baseball down and we've got a team that's four and one so who wants to tell us something on your mind it feels like we're never gonna lose another game <laughs> and like realistically <laughs> i realize that that cannot happen but that's what it feels like. Like, we're just playing like that's not an option. I really like it a lot. I also know that when we do lose a game, I'm going to be so upset about it. And, like, yeah. it has to happen. We're, it's going to happen, and that's fine. But if we lose tonight, I'm just I'm going to dwell on it until tomorrow, I guess. Well, I tonight, is Bieber, so tonight is Bieber against the A's. Like, if we lose we're tonight, fine. I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> like- Last time Bieber pitched, we didn't win, so we might need to cut him. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, interesting the, well, the, the only starter tonight so that's six runs we don't have to worry about <laughs> the only <laughs> the only starter who's pitched in the team hasn't won is Beaver. so sorry it's not so looking good i don't think he's gonna make five it now <laughs> this fits greg's agenda uh-huh. It's also sure. so easy to ride the high of a four-game win streak because immediately I'm already going back to our 22-game win streak, and I'm like, let's do it again. How weird would a 20-game win streak in April feel? That would be weird. Wow. I think I would hate that. I think teams yeah. that do that in April crash. So- how do you guys... 
yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Alex. How, how do you feel about the uh, the twenty? How do you feel about the idea that they peaked too early for the twenty-two game streak in twenty seventeen? Garbage. Absolutely, it, it was a bad idea. Um, no, no. Go ahead, Greg. No, no, no. I was because what what people don't remember is the fact that we had like eleven games left, and we still went like eight and three. You know, down mm-hmm. after after that streak ended. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like we cooled off and you know immediately lost like four in a row and we were going into the playoffs playing like crap. You know, we kept going and then won the first two games of the Yankees series and then you know, yeah, couldn't score yeah. against Tanaka and that felt like everything. It uh, yeah, I mean, not we don't have to rehash all of our pain from that, but I think a lot of it was. The Encarnacion injury was really rough because that changed the whole lineup. And um, yeah. and then Urshela forgot how to field, which is just so bizarre because he's an amazing fielder, but he had horrible, horrible. And he's young killed player. us every day since. I know. I know. He's such a sweet player, and he absolutely like loves Ramirez and all these different things, but I just hate him. I hate him. Me too. I'm glad he's not in our division anymore. (laughs) I know. (laughs) He wreaked havoc on us when he was in Minnesota. It made me so mad. And New York. And New York. And when he, like, when they interviewed him about, like, how he became such a good hitter, he basically was like, well, I love Cleveland and other teams had a real hitting coach. And so then I got good. (laughs) (laughs) I will always appreciate a Ty Van Berkeley slight. We can all rally around that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry, Ty. I, I do want to say, I forget what we were talking about last time, but I didn't quite get to say how much I love Carl Willis. Now, I've always loved Carl Willis, but when I, when we went to Guards Fest, he was up on the stage talking, and I was like, can you just narrate every book that I love? Because he's just got such a comforting presence. And he told a story about Eli Morgan where he was like, I noticed that Eli started to get a little nervous when I'd go out to the mound. So I was like, Eli, it's okay. I just won't go out to the mound. If you, if I could just know, you'll be fine. You'll get through it. And I was like, what an adorable man. <laughs> he is. He's like so grandfatherly. The, 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 the uh, team grandpa. <laughs> and obviously super smart. I mean, he, he he's also that. very good at his job too. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. People yeah, forget he was a pretty good pitcher back in the day too. Yeah. Yeah. All around. There's, there's so much to be said about him. And the thing is like people, I mean, it, you could say all the things like he, he's a grandfatherly type and, and he's like, just got a real sweet presence. But anytime he talks about it, I mean, you can tell he knows all the stuff. He knows the numbers, he knows all these different things. So yeah. Uh, Carl Willis appreciation day. All right. Well uh, let's see. So we're, I know we're going to be talking here as the game gets started. So if you hear people start to yell, then you'll know why they're yelling about whatever, um, but you can feel free to let us know if something happens and you want to note it. Um Anyone else have something you wanted to share about these past couple weeks? So we feel like we're never going to lose again. What else? I am so tired. I am really (laughs) tired and I would like to sleep. It would be great if they could just stop playing on the West Coast for a little while. This is our last one. This is our last 10 p.m. game this trip. It's felt like years. (laughs) Allie, what were you saying? (laughs) I want to complain about being tired because I am, I'm so tired and I I fell asleep last night at a terrible time, but that's another story. Um, But I've gotten to watch more (laughs) opening week baseball than I ever have because Cleveland likes to do these home opening week, whatever they are, 6 PM Eastern starts. And by the time I get home from work central time, it's like the eighth inning and I see one inning. So as much as 
I really need to sleep. I've had a great time being able to watch every single inning of these until I fall asleep thinking the lead is safe. And then I wake up later and it's not, but that's fine. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. My friend, my friend Jill teaches school. So she has to get up super early. Um, so she goes to bed before she's very responsible and actually goes to bed, but that's what I thought I did last night. Um, and then I woke up just to turn off the TV. I was like, oh, game's over. I'll just turn the TV off. And I look and it's 10-10 and it's still going. And I was like, what is this? This isn't still <laughs> happening. When Jill um, went to bed last night, we were winning two to nothing. She, was uh, not- she woke up and saw the final score 12-11 and was like, what happened? I was like the only one up, like still up last night. And I texted my family anyway. I was like, you guys need to understand, this is a very stressful but very exciting time for me. And my mom saw my text, woke up, and saw Eli get his first save, and was like, okay. Uh, I did. Um, was special. I turned, sorry. No, I just said that was special. No, I, was talk- I turned off the TV but listened to Hammy um, to fall asleep, but then I couldn't fall asleep because it was exciting all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the choice to go to Eli there. I love it. Uh, I love that it worked. But I maybe I didn't pay attention. Maybe I fell asleep and didn't pay attention. But was Stefan not available, or did he pitch already? And I just he slept. They right. did it for he me. He pitched back to backs. Uh, yeah, it they did it for us. But like he pitched for back to backs. Uh, De Los Santos, the same thing. So I think they just weren't available. Okay. Yeah, I, and Stefan for sure would have been the choice. And I, I'm a huge Eli Morgan defender. Uh, so, I, but in that moment, it was definitely it, there was the right choice to go to Morgan. And and he did well as as we should all expect from him. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, anybody have ways that you're dealing with it besides you know chugging coffee and energy drinks? Well, uh, my body decided to de- to deal with it without my consent, and I just passed out this afternoon, took a nap. <laughs> all right, but, uh, uh, that's what. Five hopefully, hopefully days not of, at, not while you were at work or anything. Uh, oh no, no, it was like at five thirty when I got home. I like laid uh, down for like a minute, and and the next thing I know, it's seven forty five. <laughs> I was doing pretty good, I think, until today. Um, but like last night's game, what I think was one of the longest ones that we've had. And then mm-hmm. today was the first time that I really had to be like awake at a reasonable time after one of these. Um, so that because we do like a renewing of our ordination vow service on the Tuesday of Holy Week. So I had to actually like wake up and drive to a place. And I was sitting there like, oh, I'm gonna like fall asleep during this thing like i don't know if i'm gonna i looked out today i didn't have my first class so i slept in until 10 30 so and speaking of um for any college students listening if you have any questions about the student discount you can feel free to dm me um it's ten dollars for either um upper reserve seats or bleachers so pretty cool i actually have (laughs) about that uh can someone buy multiple tickets with that and then take someone who isn't in college or does or does every person okay no, just one person needs to do it. Because right. my brother's still oh, in I'm college. I'm totally so. having my brothers yeah, take advantage it. of that. <laughs> yeah, sure. you can get up to eight <laughs> tickets on it, but I usually like get it for my whole family. Everybody find that sibling or whoever you know to buy you tickets. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Sarah, how are you dealing with the lack of sleep? Oh, I'm it's going. You know, when the games start, I'm like, okay, like I made my coffee, like I'm ready to go. Let's do it. So usually I'm going strong until like midway through the game. And then I start to get sleepy. And then like last night, for example, it kept going back and forth. So I'm like, shoot, I have to find like a reasonable time to go to bed. 
And so in the ninth inning, I was like, okay, like we're fine. We'll go to bed. We're up to. And then literally as soon as I get into bed, Kwase gives up that home run. So I'm like, oh God. So I open up ESPN and I'm streaming it through the app. And once they tied it, I'm like, yeah, I'm not about to watch extra innings. So I literally just went to bed. I'm like, sometimes ignorance is bliss. I'll just wake up and see whether we won or lost. But thankfully I woke up and I was very happy. You know, it's it's pretty safe bet that Klasse will get the save. But then after the game is tied and he blew the save, it's an even safer bet right now that the Guardians will win in extra innings. <laughs> they just don't lose an extra We're innings. We're already very often. what two and zero, right? <laughs> yes, two and zero. They're so man. good at hitting and moving runners, and right. also pitching and not letting other teams do that. I just right. this team was perfectly assembled for those rules. Not terrorists. We are and people I, absolutely despise it. Yeah. What, what? what were you gonna say, Sarah? I just said, yeah, and people absolutely despise that, which I don't (laughs) get because, you know, you would think a lot of people would love the old school baseball kind of play, but no, I mean, if it's against your team, then yeah, that's fine, but people do not take it well, and it's just so funny to see all the comments and stuff, like, they get so legitimately mad about it, and it's, it's just funny. Now, I, I do understand a little bit where that anger and frustration is coming from. If I saw my team lose to a team that hit bloop singles all the time, I'd be frustrated uh, just because that's that that's a very annoying way to lose a baseball game. But at the same time, oh, absolutely, uh, they had every opportunity to do that. But the entire league went in on power hitters uh, with low contact rates. And the Guardians went the other mm-hmm. way, saying, let's put the ball in play and see what happens. I wonder if there were any like behind the scenes Moneyball-esque boardroom meetings where they were like guys what if we what if we tried not power hitting and then have this like meeting of the minds where we decided this is not how we're going to play baseball anymore uh michael oh i was going to say michael might be able to speak to this i know that they've been kind of toying around with the strategy since the days of getting lindor and ramirez because they were like let's find uh hitters who can make contact and then assume that they'll develop power is that what you're yeah, saying I, I wouldn't even say assume was the was the thing of uh, francisco lindor and jose ramirez turned out to be just special guys and right right, and right. obviously special guys right now very special men but um more importantly it's not always going to work all the time helping people develop power but having the hit tool means that they're more likely to be successful in the lower minors and get up to the upper minors. And, you know, you see what you can do with those types. It's not going to work out for everybody, but you have this floor of this really annoying base. And I think that's what we're seeing kind of come to fruition here. Yeah. And I, you're, you're right to say it's not really assume you can't assume the kind of power jump that Lindor and Ramirez had, but you, you, I think they do kind of say the guys, if they can make the contact, they'll probably, if they get stronger and they get more comfortable, develop a little more power. Now, Jose Ramirez, for example, is first, I was doing this comparison for an article, his first 1,000 plate appearances, he hit a home run, you know, once every, I forget, it was, but anyway, the, the next, the rest, since then, he's increased his home run rate by 800%. 800% in the major leagues. Just insane. Yeah, like, Just no, kind of a normal person cannot do that. Like, that's right. great. But yeah, still, yeah. like, look at Hemi. Like, he puts the ball in play, but, like, all the, like, he's developed mm-hmm. some power that I'm mm-hmm. not sure we really expected because he's still kind of so little and adorable and precious. But then, like, yeah, you, you'd <laughs> never expect a little guy like 
Jimenez to have that much power. Like yep. it, it blows my mind sometimes when he hits these massive bombs. It's like this dude's so tiny. Where does he get all that power from? But it's it's awesome that he can really just do everything. Very similar to Jose Jimenez in the way that he has such quick wrists. Nobody has as quick wrists as Ramirez, but same thing for him. And as he can turn on an inside pitch and that's why he gets hit all the time. Cause he crowds the plate. So guys try to throw in there, but if you miss as they did the other night, he'll smack it. Yeah. The true test of the theory will be if Steven Kwan ever develops power because with Jimenez and with Ramirez, you can see these two very similarly built guys who they pull the heck out of the ball when they're batting from the left-hand side. So Jimenez always does that, but that's really where they've gotten their, like Jimenez 15 to 20 home run power. That's all from that extreme pool. Jose Ramirez's power. It's all from that approach of being able to turn on anything inside. Stephen Kwan has the ability to get to all those pitches. And if he can get 10 to 15 home runs, we're talking about what could be a very special player there too. That grand slam was wild. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. Uh, with Kwan. I think part of it is just his approach at the plate. Uh, he, he's looking to go the, uh, uh, the other way on outside pitches. Like Jose is very stubborn in his approach. He's going to pull everything. And he, and he, he has the, the, the ability to pull everything. Like there's a pitch last night, high and outside. Yeah. And he pulled it. I'm like, how, how do you get around that ball and pull that into right field? Like he, he, just, he, he pulls everything uh, just magically. But I think if, if Kwan were to change his, his approach, he could get that home run, but he may lose uh, what, what makes him special at the plate. So I think yeah. as he just grows as a hitter, starts to understand um, uh, MLB pitching more, I think he'll naturally get closer to that 10, 15 home runs because he, he definitely has like the strength to get it out. He just has to have the right pitches to get it out. I, well, bet I, you- I don't want him to change he's his approach chess. necessarily. Yeah, I like, agree with that. I really like – like I don't, well, and part of it is because he reminds me of like when I used to hit in softball because I did like I struck out very rarely and was like a little contact hitter. I think I had one extra base hit in like ten years of playing baseball. But like I think like I just don't think Quan like comes up to the plate thinking about power. Like he's not like that's not his goal. His goal is to put the ball in play and see what happens. And that like I really like that partly because that's also what I did. But I just like. I think it's really cool to see someone do that and succeed at the major league level because it's not typically what we see guys do. And it's super important with him being the leadoff hitter to do that. Like, I, I don't want him to change his approach. Uh, getting on base is going to help a ton. And once we get the, the the double play machine out of the two hole, we'll start seeing more 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 runs from Quan come across the plate. Did something happen there, Michael, in the game? No, the Ahmed Rosario days until opening day post jumped into my brain when you said that. That's all. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, So uh, any concerns about the team so far? I mean, I know one concern we've brought up in our group chat is that uh, James Karinchek's pants may be cutting off his circulation. uh, (laughs) That was my roommate's comment. (laughs) His feet, may, so his feet tight. may fall off or other appendages. It's the way. So I have a talent at um, the ballpark, even on the screen the other day. I can spot our bullpen pitchers and tell you who's warming up from a mile away. Mm. Aside from Eli, he is the easiest to do because I just see those pants and I'm like, oh, my God. My friend and I were sitting um, first row <laughs> down the third base side. And I was like, just so you know, because Karen Check was warming up. I'm like, he has the world's tightest pants. 
but nothing could like actually prepare her for how tight they are. So he <laughs> walks out and her jaw dropped. <laughs> Someone get that man pants that fit. <laughs> he refused. It's a conspiracy. He's not allowed to wear pants that fit. And then that Instagram post he, he did, it's like he's he knows. He knows. He knows that you can't there's not nothing. Know. There's nothing there, but what is there isn't left to the imagination. I'm just saying it's uh, so in our I, group chat we talk about um our players behind. <laughs> I was wondering what word you're gonna not even there. the worst of it. <laughs> well, I just say like everyone knows, like if you're a pitcher, especially that's where the power comes from. Like you gotta have a little back there. That's where the power comes from. So I don't know exactly where Karen Chick's finding it. His because... quads. Did you not I, see his oh, video with the breathable his... menswear? I it's respect his hamstrings too. Maybe it's the tight pants, but he's got hamstrings at least. <laughs> he I wants just... to show us his hamstrings, so he wears the tight pants. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I can't believe I haven't seen the breathable menswear. <laughs> he was pushing a golf cart. It was it was so weird. Oh jeez. I don't I don't get I don't have Instagram, so it seems like I'm missing out on some things there. What are you, Quincy? Oh, just yeah, make a burner, right, Quincy. Right. Yeah. Quincy, you need to get Instagram just for the postseason celebration Instagram lives. I mm. would download it just for that. Yeah, the Finsta yeah, yeah. is a is a viable thing. I feel like there's so much time wasted on so many other apps that I shouldn't download another one. But yeah, that's probably a good point. Hello, Peyton. Welcome in. Hey, guys. How are you? You've, you've come in at just the right time. We were just talking about Karen Check's pants. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> All right. Any other concerns besides James Karen Check's appendages falling off because of the lack of circulation? I think we all collectively as a fan base uh, have one huge concern that we saw last night. Um, and that's Zach Plesak as a as an individual and a, a member of the team and as a pitcher. Um, he's like the one player I'm negative on on this team. Um, like I love everyone except Karen Check and Plesak, but but Karen Check's for other reasons. Second, you uh, read uh, my mind, Andrew. <laughs> Plesak, what I saw from him last night, I was honestly disgusted by the way he carried himself on the field. Yeah, the, yeah. The body well, language just, was awful. We didn't help him in the first inning, but like yeah. after that, no excuses. No, still, yeah, and I think his post game interview just spoke to like how incredibly idiotic the whole thing was because he does that. He literally just throws the ball down the middle for like everyone in the second inning, and they're killing. I mean, I don't know what the exit velocities were because I didn't look his at that. But one like, fastball was just 89 miles per hour. Yeah, like, that's but they were just like. like they were destroying it like major league hitters should. And then in the post-game interview, he's just like, oh, I don't know. Nothing went right for me. Like, a few balls got through, and then I had the one bad pitch that was the home run. And it's like, bro, they didn't get through. Like, they were destroyed. So, so the only like those play... Those four hits that he... Oh, go ahead, Andrew. No, no. Sarah, go ahead. I was going to say those four hits in a row that he gave up in that first oh inning, each one of those pitches was a meatball, man. Mm-hmm. Like they, they the had EVs no movement were... whatsoever. And it's like, it's like, dude, they didn't just get through like that. Those were just four terrible pitches in a row. And, and my one swing. question too, is like in his next start, if he has another bad outing, then how many chances do you think that they'll give him before they just eventually pull him is my question. I, I do I, think I give him none. 
I think that I think that Plesak's probably going to get at least three chances. I mean, and, and to get out of it, and to be like, and for them to be like, this isn't working. They'll have to be about as bad as they were for for him in Oakland. I don't think they'd go much more than that. They'd probably say something's wrong. Go on the IL. You're not feeling right. That Plesak isn't going to be a good pitcher if if his fastball is topping out at 89, 90 miles an hour. He's got to be up 91, 92 at least to make that work. Yeah, uh, even at 91, 92, he was like, I know that fastball was not. He has no movement. It was not fast. Yeah, it no was, movement. It was not <laughs> very fast. It was not very fast. Well, I don't like, I guess, like that could be because something's wrong and he's hurt or whatever. But like, part of me was just like, I feel like you just had a bad attitude. <laughs> like, I feel like he got mad and then just like stopped giving a darn about what was happening. And it just like threw 89 mile an hour fastballs well, down the middle. That was- so I don't want to go ahead. No, yeah, I, that was my rant. You can go. <laughs> One of my concerns coming into this year is that his big issue last year is that the defense would commit one error behind him and he would just completely unravel. Um, and you guys might've seen me say it. I really wanted police to redeem himself this year. I really want him to prove that he is a slight tier above Mike Clevenger in terms of human decency, but that would have involved just like picking up your defense just once. And so when the defense kind of let him down, I was excited. I was like, let's prove it's a new year. Let's prove we can move past this. And then he didn't. And it kind of just all of my hope for him this season is gone now after one start. Yeah. Yeah, You can't, you can't be like that as a professional MLB pitcher. I mean, I was a pitcher almost my entire softball career and yeah, it's incredibly frustrating when, you know, your defense makes silly, like silly errors and stuff. But I mean, you gotta, you gotta just let it roll right off. Yeah. I mean, especially at that level, like I said, you can't just, you can't act like that. There's no room for it. And you're just letting your team down even more. So it's, it's just unacceptable. Yeah. You don't see uh you don't see Miles Straw punching the turf when Zach Plesak gives up a missile <laughs> to Pluto. Like, oh, geez, you could have given me a chance at that one, Zach, but he hit it 250 miles an hour out of the ballpark. And, and then after that, Straw wouldn't give a ball to me waiting there because I'm the only person <laughs> that traveled. <laughs> don't even what get a, started what, on that. What a grump. <laughs> what I think I was telling with Plesak last night was after the first inning, now, they got out of the first inning, only one run. It could have been a lot worse given uh, that weird. The only only thing I'll put on the defense is that ball in center field. That should have been caught. But Jimenez is a goal glover. He he gets one bad play. He's a goal glover. And Ahmed dove. He actually dove for a ball and, and tried try to get that to his side. So I'm not putting those on really the, those two players. Those are hard hit balls. Again, when you throw a ball down the middle of the plate, it's going to get hit really hard. But Carl Wills pulled him aside after the first inning and was yelling at him. And I thought, I think that's very telling. Plesak had not, did, had nothing to, wanted nothing to do with the team. He was, he was so pissed off, so angry to the point where a coach had to step in and say, Hey, you're acting like a child. You need to get out of this funk. Stop, stop yelling, stop getting mad. You have to get back out there and pitch again. And now this is four years in a row where his attitude seems to be a problem. The good we had the thing COVID year. Yeah, I just feel like that's the whole thing, Andrew. Like, I, I agree they probably are going to give him three chances. And I wish that we would give him none because, to be honest, like, his chances ran out for me after the COVID thing. Like, Yeah, I mean, Tito was just not in good shape. Especially after punching the mound. 
Yeah. He's had a dumb injury. <laughs> Oh, like, I literally thought there's right. no way he's going to pitch a game for us again. I had the same yeah, mindset. I thought I, he's I done. Thought no, more, yeah. no more with him. Alyssa, what were you going to say? I would say the good thing to come out of it is I created an opposite of the guards bed meme. We punch in the mound tonight. And that thing <laughs> circulated so quickly. It was already on Instagram. I didn't post it there. It was nice. already over there. I'm like, there we go. Nice. Was it on Instagram within like 10 story. minutes of you tweeting it? Yeah. yeah it was a good one. I... I highly enjoyed Thank that you. one. Thank you. Yeah. Me too. You just lost to Cutie Pie Eli Morgan. <laughs> Zach, 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 please, Zach, uh, at least has given us that decent mean. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just hard to say much more than if he doesn't find a little more velocity on the fastball. There's just nothing there. I mean, I, I do think... I think if you see Plesak come out next time and he's hanging around 90, 91, they'll probably say, oh, there's some more velocity coming. And then if he can hang around the fourth or fifth inning, he'll be around. But I I, I don't think they're going to stick with him forever. But baseball, you know, it's hard. You can't judge yeah. much off of one game, even as much as we might dislike a person. I do know if Carl Willis yelled at me that I would probably dissolve into a little puddle of tears if he yelled at me. So Carl Willis hey. is yelling at you. That is a wake up call. <laughs> yeah. I will say one other benefit was um, we got a lot of love for Xavier Curry's outing after that. He was yes. very efficient. He was effective. He was bulldogging and he got on pitching Ninja without throwing a pitch and tell me like how often that's going to happen. And we're so, getting a good look at both him and Gaddis right now with Mackenzie out. So at least, you know, whatever police does, we get to see the two of them develop and okay how can you fit in as a starter and fun? Mm-hmm. That makes yeah, me exactly. wonder now, do you think we'll hold on to police act until McKenzie comes back? And then when McKenzie does come back, is that the decision then is who really goes? Does Gaddis earn it? I mean, like I were you a million dollar question. Please act like, in, in I don't think song. people are going to take him, you know, like you DFA him to Columbus and he, he's probably going to clear those waivers. I can't foresee someone claiming him unless they're in the dire straits, maybe the pirates. Um, they probably move into the bullpen for a bit. That yeah. So I was going to say, why don't they make him a long reliever? They've done because they have to watch more bullpen. than one inning of him pitch. <laughs> I think, I think that is yeah, true. Uh, Alyssa's right. He wasn't bad last season. I, he earned a Zach Plesek, my beloved with a question mark mm. when he came out <laughs> scoreless in the bullpen. The question mark is perfect. I think, uh, I, I think, his, and his velocity might play up in the bullpen. So we'll see. We'll see if, if that will happen. Uh, I see that our guys are just kind of hanging around there. Oh, Jimenez just got a single. So they're putting Hello. up some bats. Yeah, Tom Hamilton's yelling about Seth Brown. I can't understand anybody saying. He just <laughs> re- went for a second and got yeah, thrown Jimenez out. Got out. It, oh, he got thrown out. He unfortunately did not hit a single. Oh well, he his well, he got a single and thrown out. I'm catching to the devil. I see. But uh, it's also two with two outs. So like, if you're gonna push it, why not? Yeah, yeah. I'm never. He's I'm got never wheels. They all they all have wheels. Well, I mean, it's out. not like there was a runner on base either. Except Josh Bell, who thinks he has wheels because he's on the Guardians, but <laughs> right. maybe does. And Mike Zanino will probably With respect to it, Josh Bell is trying his best to have wheels, even if he doesn't. One thing I will say about Josh Bell, I I was looking because I knew that Ahmed Rosario leads the league, led the league last year by a lot in competitive runs. Like he, he makes every obviously every time he's running, he's running at full speed, and so he led the league in making competitive runs between bases. 
But Josh Bell was up there too. And it's not because he's fast. It's because he hustles. He hustles every time. So it's because I, I thought... he's taking whatever Karen checks on. <laughs> another thing like that is, um, even though an- another guy I'm, I can entirely think of that um, also wasn't very athletic, but was always listed as an underrated base runner was Tommy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Never fast, but always hustling, always and knowing where he is in the field. Josh Naylor for that Naylor manner. Hustle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's that way too, yeah. Yeah, there's come yeah. such a long way from his injury. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible that he can even play baseball. Like, yeah, that was, that we, was I don't, like we saw First that, like we all watched that injury happen and it was horrific. And like, you just never know if someone's going to be able to come back from that. And to be able to see him doing what he's doing now is just awesome. I love and, that his hustle the other night caused the Mariners to have a defensive error and we could score on it and they hated it and i loved demon <laughs> that was a little bit of it though the wide body angle too he was like kind of leaning out in front of where cal raleigh's throwing lane was. Uh, yeah. the fact that the man is shaped like a barrel he's just got that <laughs> barrel chest i don't mean that as an insult like he's just like a barrel chested burly he man so healthy this season too yeah he does he does he yeah does, you can yeah. see a noticeable difference especially coming off last year when he had a peg leg the entire year yeah, it's like he'd get out on the base pads and limp away. Like, um, I'm sure he was fine and like his leg felt fine. It's just like he what well, he could not run in the offseason. And so he was getting back to actually running and walking, and he just had this 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 gait and it worked for him last year. He's still able to hustle, he's still a couple bags doing it. Um got um got a couple hustle doubles. Uh, but like he, he looked, it looked like like he was hurting when he was running, but then but then yeah. he'd pop up, smile on his face, ready to go. I read yeah. an article on Bally, and he said that he uses like his pain as like fuel. Like he <laughs> likes to play in pain, which is such a Josh Naylor thing. Yes, uh, yes, like, it is. I was gonna say that's that very on stronger. He uses it for his team. It's a hockey <laughs> Love player, that guy. I think. It is hockey, and it definitely, like <laughs> definitely <laughs> sounds like Josh Naylor. <laughs> yes, and like when he answers people, like how's your leg? And he responds, Oh, it's, it's there. I feel it. Like that's not encouraging for the, for the pain. <laughs> the dude was hurting. Uh, um, I love his 180 from, you know, who he is on the field. Uh, like the rocking the baby we saw last year to, you know, being very cool, calm, collected in interviews. And speaking of, I love the little heart celebration they're all doing. Oh, now. yes. I know where that I'm came glad from. you brought that up. I love it. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. if you've seen it, but after the heart, they all go like this. The spirit fingers. <laughs> yeah, like, no, but it's like, they have a concerned look on their face. They go, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do have that concerned look yeah, on their face. Someone on Twitter asked um, if Andre was going to, like, do an interview to find out so that we can find out what that means. And he actually said, no, that's not likely because it's just between the guys. So, I like, apparently that. we're not going to find out what it means, but I love it. I don't need to know what it means. It's great. Yeah, the drawing. The I appreciate thing. that. I kind of like not knowing. The yeah. Astros stealing the rocking the baby to use against the Yankees was so iconic. <laughs> I almost like the Astros after that because that was funny. I just like the Astros. <laughs> I hate them less than I hate the Yankees. That's it. I don't yeah. like them. I just hate them less. I feel like the Astros front office actually tried to build a team themselves and the Yankees just buy washed up disgruntled stars and hope it works. And I hope it never does. I will say I'm going to the gate, the first game against the Yankees on Monday. Um, and I will be wearing my straw Jersey. 
Um, but my friend and I are scared that we might get mistaken as Yankees fans because we will also be booing Judge. So uh, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, man had sixty-two home runs and they're booing him in the playoff series. Jeez. Yeah, and then he chooses to stay because he can hit all those home runs in Little League right field. I'm so mad that we're not talking about the the juiced balls that were oh, in yeah. way more than right. anywhere else, but that's okay. Yeah. This is the MLB. They're going to choose their three teams and pump them up. The thing that gets me about the Yankees nowadays, and I, I have many years of hating the Yankees in my past. Uh, that Same. a lot. Uh, we we all do, I think. But I I have to say they have some guys that I kind of like. You know, like, yeah. I like I'm, Nestor I'm Cortez. Yeah, I like Stanton. I like Judge. Like he's an he he seems like just a nice dude. I don't know. Yeah. I feel That's terrible. I like Judge too. I just wish he wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. I wish same. he got to say. see him go home. Yeah. That's what I wanted. For that. I wish that he could have gone to San Francisco and then I would have really enjoyed it. Yeah. I would have liked that too. I'm glad he would got a barn fixed. Yeah. Um, I was really hoping he'd screw over, not just because I hate the Yankees, but also just the. I, I also felt, A, I hated, of course, obviously what happened last year with the way they treated Straw, but like Straw I gate. also. Felt awful for the way they treated Judge in the playoffs, and I would would have loved to see nothing more than him and leave for San Francisco and go to his hometown team. What I love is, you know, regardless of how the fans were treating Quan and Straw out there in the playoffs, Straw was out throwing the football at the fans and everything. Um, I just love that guy. Even yeah, if no, he he's was, a little frustrated yeah, a, and won't throw me a ball. Playing but... Catch like with the football <laughs> with the fans. So you're just so tall, Ellis. I am six foot six. I was the only Guardians fan there, and he wouldn't give me a ball. That, that, that dude is 100% not going to listen to my podcast. But Going through yes. a blizzard. <laughs> I missed that part until you guys said it. This is a fan that was talking on, on, a, on a website about his experience of Straw not giving him a ball, but we're referencing that. But yeah, a Julio Rodriguez fan out of. Well, he called Straw like <laughs> he said that Straw was a grump or whatever, and like, yeah, this guy who throws like plays catch with the opposing team's fans with a football during a rain delay, he's such a grump. Like, yeah, he's focusing on the game. Come on. I yeah. also feel like athletes can tell by your body language which fans, to a certain degree, are entitled, and obviously are way less likely to. Surprise you. Uh, I, I also, would agree with you. H- how would that guy feel if someone came to his job, was yelling exactly. at him the, the entire time, <laughs> and then when he ignored them, uh, those people w- w- would be mad and then start complaining about him? Like, this is his job. <laughs> right. This is but what it, he does for a living. The guy, the guy will never know because whatever he does, no one cares about. <laughs> people care As a lot about this. It angers me. Yeah. Right. I understand. Yeah. All right. Well, so guys, uh, last thing I guess we can talk about the guardians are coming home. Is anyone headed to the home opener? I'm going nice walk off. Jesus will be there. Eli will be there. The rest of us will be watching or so forth. So, all right. The rest of us will be wishing we were there. (laughs) I might be going to a game against the Mets. So when they're in New York next month, there you go. I mean, talking my dad into buying tickets. Sarah, you might not be wishing, like, I might be wishing that I was home by the time I get to the point that I can't feel my feet. I'm so mad that in the 10 day forecast, 
like right now the the home opener day is the coldest day like what's it It supposed to be why tomorrow it's gonna be like 80 like why why does it have to be like this it's literally (laughs) gonna be like 44 there's also a chance that it's the most guardians thing yes the most guardians thing will be like snow Yeah, the famous, the famous Paul Bird perfect game snows or against the Mariners. I was losing my mind during that. I was in high school and that was happening, but I was the only one home and Paul Bird was pitching a perfect game and it was snowing and I was like pacing around my house because I was so afraid something was going to happen or the game was going to get called, which of course eventually it did. But like went out to go. Yeah, yeah. And then they lost the game. Oh, I was so <laughs> mad, but I was like, ang- I just remember like anxiously pacing and wanting to like call my parents, but like the only back then, like the only cell phone they had was in the car, so I couldn't even do that. I was so angry. Yeah, Paul Bird. I always remember uh, when hitters ticked him off, he would do the the double wind up, um, which had to drive hitters insane. They probably can't even do that now. I was going to say, could you do that with the pitch clock? Like, they uh, they'd you? call you for a bulk. I always loved it because, like, if a guy, if a hitter took too long in the box or was like stepping out or whatever, he'd just give him the double windup and the hitters, you just would get so uncomfortable. Like, when is he going to, when is he going to throw the ball? Anyway, little Paul Bird story for you. Well, to be excited to have the Guardians back in town. It's exciting, as always, to talk to you guys. Uh, we have a great time in our group chat where we have tried to pick uh, what color of crayon each uh, guardian would be. Uh, thank you, Bernie Pluskoff, for the inspiration. Uh, trying to figure out who would be drastic red, um, which, of course, is a crayon that you can find in any Crayola crayon box, I suppose. Drastic red. World famous crayon. We're just making up <laughs> right. colors at that point. Yeah, that doesn't exist. But no yeah. more dandelion. <laughs> Has anyone yeah. ever oh, been to the Crayola factory? Fix- did we pick somebody for dandelion? There should be no. Somebody. I picked a mac and cheese, but I didn't pick a dandelion. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know that we got we. What, what about Will Brennan? What color cream would Will Brennan? That was Will Brennan was macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese. <laughs> he was macaroni and cheese. What else? What else? Yeah, I agree. That's silly behavior. He could be. He could be dandelion <laughs> as well. Macaroni and cheese isn't necessarily. Is, is it in? Crayons? Yeah, yeah. It is. One of my favorites growing up. It's why I joke that um Karen Jack would pick it and think it was edible. I really yeah. Well I was gonna I was <laughs> I was really gonna say I would be very scared to put uh, a crayon called dandy I mean uh, macaroni and cheese in a crayon box because kids will eat crayons already. They'd be like, oh this one probably tastes like mac and cheese. But I do agree that sounds very well Brennan-ish. He seems like the kind of guy at the end of the game he pops in a microwave craft macaroni and cheese and downs it. That makes sense. Uh, um, it- uh, Miles Straw just hit a foul ball to a Guardians fan, so the rumors are false. <laughs> and then he got a single. Yeah, which means that- I have to do my. I have to do my tweet. Gotta oh, love yeah. not having a hole in the bottom of our lineup. Oh, I, I know. So close Amen to, to that. Don't look now, but he's hitting three hundred on a season. Love oh, it, Miles Straw nice. MVP season incoming. <laughs> and he got thirteen to be exact. The home run is any second now. It's, ha- it's, it's gonna coming. happen. It's going to happen on Monday when I'm there against the Yankees. He pulled that double pretty hard. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Guardians fans, um, I'm in another group chat, and they said the kid from last night's there again. Good. 
He should be He should be there. That kid was incredible. That clip of him yelling Josh Naylor, Josh Naylor, Josh Naylor, and then Josh Naylor hitting a home run as soon as the kid goes silent is my favorite thing I've ever seen. Well, and when Andre interviewed him, like the mom, he asks, like, you know, how did you become a Guardians fan? And the mom starts to tell the story. And in like the most perfect little kid way, he interrupts like, no, wait, well, actually, it was like this. Like, I just loved that. With my that's exactly, that that's kid exactly how he said it. <laughs> it is nice, yeah. too, that his parents let him kind of root for who for whoever he wants to root for because the parents were both decked out in A's gear and then their kid he had the Guardians hat he had a Guardians t-shirt then a Guardians jersey over the t-shirt and I was like that, that's, that's incredible like that's so natural and like you like it's so adorable that they took him to a game like an A's guards game and then the Guardians win and like our adorable blue pitting single baseball team was so fun for him that he decided to root for us like that's <laughs> i love it there i loved how supportive his parents obviously were they were like just so thrilled that he was having a good time and that's great i approve of that except don't let your kid be a yankees fan all right well everybody <laughs> have a good night thanks for joining me uh catch us next week thank you guys This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.